Alrighty, hello there. We are live. Okay, we're live. Yeah. Um, uh, so one thing uh, I got a note on last week uh, the, to make sure that we introduce uh, each of us and what we're working on, because there were some people who didn't know who I was and, and vice versa. So who the hell are you guys? Yeah. So uh, nobody, nobody knows who the hell I am. So what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Local board, uh, writer, director of uh, Crawl or Die, and currently. Uh, in post-production on Crawler Die 2, the sequels. And, and and I am Nicole Alonzo, and I play Tank in those movies. <laughs> my name's David Weld, um, actor, filmmaker. Um, my current project is a series called Crime World. Yeah, and... Uh, I've tagged you all uh, on the posts, so... Okay, right, okay, I'll shoot out you. Okay. And I guess uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about just a little bit, of course, is, you know, uh we'll start off this we'll uh try to keep it from being uh really somber but yeah the uh you know the tragic event that happened on the the movie rust with alec baldwin uh any general yeah. thoughts we can start with you nikki yeah well to be honest i'm surprised that that could still happen in today's time like i know on our films we use airsoft guns and they make them so well they look just like the real guns and they they're um, heavy and everything. And, uh, and with today's technology, as far as Final Cut Pro and everything, and I'm sure the other program people use, um, it's so, it seems so simple to put in gunshot flares and everything. So I just don't see the need to even use those type of prop guns anymore. I don't know why that they do that. Uh, maybe there's something I don't know. There's a reason, but, um, it's just really unfortunate and really sad. I think, and then I'll let David do is I think Nicole, what you have to think about is, you know, especially uh, on our budget level, but I could, I can understand it. I mean, instead of using CGI on certain stuff, like certain stunts that we did where we used wires, I mean, a wire could break. Uh, yeah. Even running backwards with the camera, somebody could fall over backwards and break a neck. I mean, sure. Things, can happen but the, also in the past this, it's happened before multiple times where a prop gun has killed someone or and it's just like why I mean, I risk hear, like why why not just use airsoft guns it, that won't happen i would agree i would agree i think a lot of people do and then we'll get david's opinion on it too Hi, Martin. I, I would agree with that but then also i mean this is this, this could sound callous but it's not meant that way you you say a lot of times two or three times in the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, that, that's like we brought up earlier when we were all just sitting around talking about car chases. What, what do you not do car chases anymore? Yeah. No, do you not look at, uh, look at Dana. Uh, Dana just had brain surgery. She's that stump woman. We know. Oh yeah. She got injured on a set and had a, it caused her to have a brain. I don't know if it was an aneurysm, but they had to do surgery um, on her brain surgery. Yeah, and she's, and she's a professional stunt woman. She worked on uh, Fury, Fury uh, Road, Mad Max, Wonder Woman, and all that. She's yeah. a very high-profile stunt woman, and you know, even as close <clears throat> as they are. And look, uh, on a, on an independent set, I know that like my actors, a bunch of them would get upset because I would make them go over something over and over and over because Hi, you Thomas. know we are dealing with stuff. Hi, Thomas, fifteen feet off the ground and everything, and yet hey, we Tom. still, you know. Stuff happens. Uh, set piece broke. Thankfully, nobody got hurt. Yeah. Um, Matt Crabtree was screwing around and slipped out of the tunnel and fell on his head. And, you know, you do everything you can, but then there's just the human element sometimes. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm not making an excuse for what happened. It should not happen. Uh, we don't know all the details. Yeah, I think I think the difference between, like, if you get a stunt person, stunt man, stunt woman, and it's in the script that they're going to jump from a tall building or they're right. going to be on a truck and they're going to jump from one truck to the other. They know right away that that's still dangerous. They know that they could lose their life no matter how much safety there is. But when you say you get blank firing guns yeah. and you're not supposed to point at actors or crew or whatever, nobody should die with that sort of... Yeah. That's not really a stunt as such. It's a different thing when there's car chases and people jumping off trucks and stuff like that. I agree. Um, you know, I agree. I mean, uh, it, it, again, it, it, uh, it, look, number one, it's just a horrible situation all the way around. Uh, uh, and nobody knows the facts yet, you know. 
I tend to agree with Nikki in one sense in that we only use airsoft guns and it is quite simple to make that look really spot on, you know, uh, at the same time, you know, uh, somebody messed up somewhere and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, again, the only comparison that I can bring into it besides just being a human and feeling horrible about everything that happened is, thank you, Queen. You know, there are times, I don't know if you've run into this, David, but I know that Nikki has on my sets is, uh, I know. I sound like that old man uh, dealing with children, and then I'll make them go over a stunt a hundred times, and they all get mad and they're like, can we just do this? It's going to be fine. But that is always my fear. I don't get mad. Once, you know, once something happens, you know, all of this can just turn into a a horrible event in the split of a second. Yeah, Uh, we did some fire stunts on this movie and we, he made us practice a lot and I never once got mad because I was like, yeah, I want to make sure, especially if I was Yeah, yeah, when you're fucking around with that, yeah, because that looked pretty, I haven't haven't seen your trailer or nothing, but I've seen some of the behind the scenes clips and that looked pretty Feel yeah. that looked yeah. it was real yeah. fun. Well, and, and yeah. even you know the funny thing about that is that uh even with all the precautions that i took we had somebody that i mean literally it, it singed uh, their eyebrows in that we got a backdraft in the tunnel and, and and the one thing i was terrified about was a backdraft and the fire blowing back towards the person that was blowing the fire and that happened yeah. now mm. thankfully we were outside and it was a practice and they were standing like three feet back from the tunnel. And, um, you know, uh, you know. Yes, Queen, it required it, it, buckets of it. <laughs> it is, it is. Hi, Craig. God, this is going to sound callous, but I hope that you guys back me up on this in some degree or, or I can hear your opinions. And maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but it is no different than construction people working on a tall building. I mean, you've got to take precautions. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but there's always a. I mean, there's always a risk. I mean, even when we were doing the Firebird and Screen, you know, I had the back door open and you were in the back filming out the back of the car. I mean, you know, if I just <laughs> slam on the brakes or something, who knows? You know, I mean, there's just always something. I guess yeah. my, my only thing about the guns is there's such a real looking alternative now. Yeah. And with the effects being as easy as they are now to add in gunshots and stuff, it just does not make any sense to me. That and they to be honest, it. to be honest, when real guns fire, they're not quite as dramatic as movie yeah. guns. I agree. You know, so when you're firing real guns, I've, I've used real guns twice, well, real blank firing shots they use in the movie business. I've used them in two films, and they don't have the same... Um, what well, they do when you get the, the cartridges firing out the side and yep, yep. you know all that sort of stuff, but sometimes real real guns don't have that fire that comes out the front. And that's only posted in the movies, yep. so yeah. they don't have that same dramatic if, uh, effect. It's the bullets coming out the side. It, but you can do that shit today yeah. in CGI. I think yeah, I think it. some filmmakers like to work and say we done all this with practical effects. We done this. Yep. We use real blank firing. I think it's a practical thing. I don't know. Um, but I was—that's what I say. I've used—I've used them twice. I used them in my first movie with shotgun, machine, an Uzi, um, and then in Mission X, I used AK-47s, and those things were really scary. You know, what I mean, they were yeah. really because those yeah. things can still explode. To me, it is gun. If people don't realize in the cartridge, it's still gunpowder. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. if there's something in that barrel, a little piece of grit or something. Um, now that was ten years ago. I used those. Everything that I've done since then has been digital, the same as you guys. And yeah. I, I wouldn't do it any other way because look, I've got a, I bought a ten dollar digital uh, an app that lets yeah. me do gunfire. Okay, it's not, it doesn't look great for what I'm doing. No budget, it's fine. But you know yourself, the packages that you use for your film and budget movies, the stuff can be amazing these days. And if it's there enough to tell the story, I don't think you need them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we can, we can. Even Rodriguez was doing it on Desperado. And, yeah, you know, back then. Are we back a- then? Yeah. And if yeah. we can make Godzilla look real and we can <laughs> yeah. put people exactly. out of their space, gunshot. then we can do a gunshot. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah. not be surprised if not after this event, they don't if start not in banning. the next four or five years, they don't ban yeah. u- using that. That you know, uh, well, hopefully I think they, that they should, honestly. Yeah, it's not even so much banning. It's so much like just convincing people, look, we don't need to do this shit. 
you know, okay, people still need to jump off buildings and get set on fire and car chases, yeah. that stuff we know, and that's people volunteer that are trained to do that danger. But the camera person doesn't volunteer to do fucking stunts of dangerous but shit. Or they, the they act, you know, even in the stunts, if they have new equipment or new technology that is safer, they're obviously going to use that instead of using yeah. old shit that's not as safe. So yeah, I just, yeah, like, it's an it's an un- unnecessary risk. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see people using a real knife to uh, learn how to stick into somebody when you can get a prop knife and <laughs> yeah. stick into somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah and, exactly. You know. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, but I saw some of the headlines. I don't know. I saw some of the headlines just an hour ago, and I don't know if it was a bloody real gun that it was handed for some strange reason. I don't. I don't know enough yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't but, know. And that, that could lead into the next thing. Is the one thing yeah. that is a little upsetting is. You know, we were we were all talking about no matter what you do anymore online, you're going to get some sort of trolls and, and people yeah. just bash and people that are talking out of their ass. And, you know, I, I saw where people, you know, were on like Twitter saying that, you know, he murdered them and all that kind of stuff. And, and you're just yeah. like. You know, I know. I, well, you're dealing with absolute morons. Ali Baldwin, I always knew he was an asshole. And that's just like complete <laughs> fucking morons. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Clowns. I mean, fucking clowns. I mean, that guy. I, you know, I don't know how you'd feel if you've shot your fucking crew member or killed somebody. Oh, I mean, what I the know. fuck? It's going to destroy oh. you. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. You're not going to recover for that anytime soon. Do you know what I mean? No, I can't imagine. No. That would be so horrible. Like, I feel bad if I'm doing a, a stunt fight scene and accidentally hit somebody with my hand or something. I can't imagine. Mm. The that would be terrible. Like I feel. Horrible I don't. I don't mind too. that as long as I get it in camera. But, but, <laughs> okay, but, but they're alive at the end of my punch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't like permanently damage them or something so yeah. what did somebody say uh, something about the vaseline yeah uh damaged queen i said it it took buckets we used vaseline and suntan lotion and baby oil and uh what else i think that was it this time but again but kind of a lot that, of it swing that around to what we were talking about is i had to be a little careful because vaseline uh flammable it's flammable and we, had a lot <laughs> we were covering it at all times yeah yeah. During the fire scenes, though, I think that you let us like not wear it or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we yeah, get a certain amount back if we had it on. Yeah. For those that don't understand, if you're watching, that's movie sweat is Vaseline and baby oil and yeah. tanning oil. It makes you look sweaty on film. So yeah, all that stuff is not for the after show party. That's for the, the effects. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't just for fun. In fact, I <laughs> if I never saw another jar of Vaseline in my life, I'd be okay with it. David, I love Crime Lord. Oh, and Screed too. That's, oh, thanks. Who's that? I can't see. Thanks uh, a lot. Damaged Queen. Thanks very much. That's that's sweet of you. Thank I'm you. I'm going to release a screen on YouTube uh, in Halloween. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it out there. Yeah, so, um, we tweeted about it. What? Uh, I know that uh, we have uh, we have our first teaser trailer dropping on Halloween. Yeah. And we've been working on that, and uh, plus working on the movie. And then, uh, David, you just finished, and um, I guess your next one's coming out. You just yours just dropped a day or two, like yesterday, right? Uh, Tuesday, I think it was. Tuesday? Yeah, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, which was a. <coughs> Thomas which, said, "Didn't Craig Campbell use Vaseline in the latest Crime Lord episode?" <laughs> yeah, but I, I, again, that was a for behind the scenes party sort of thing, you know. <laughs> That's his sort of thing. It's not my thing. I'm too busy trying to get this movie made. But, you know, um, but yeah, it was a it was a pretty fast shoot and turnaround on it. I had to get it done um, for several reasons, and there was a sponsor on it, so I gave the sponsor a date. But when yeah. I gave the sponsor a date, I never knew Stevie was going to get COVID and a few other things, and so I had to pretty much race with it. Um, which in a way was, um, uh, <clears throat> look, as you know, you guys have known me for years. These things that I do are very much have to be like that. They're, they're not being made to go out there to distributors and onto iTunes and have to be really careful with them because they've been delivered. Like the way you make your movie are, you know, they can be almost like greenhouse stuff, rough, get them out there. It's yeah. a you know glorified YouTube video. I mean, it's going to Amazon later as well, but Amazon is not as strict as you know as um, the other platforms to get yeah. delivery stuff Family. on there. You know, yeah. But so, I, uh, love, I love this latest episode. I, I thought know. it was great. Really, really yeah, good. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. We just had uh, you know, 
little backstory with the one of the other characters introduced because my character didn't want always to be there because if it continues to other episodes, my character focuses back to my character, Stevie's character. Um, so I just wanted to do something a bit of fun in the one location. You know, you guys know about that, you know, because oh, yeah. I've always been all over the place. I thought, well, okay, we've got an apartment here. Let's shoot here, most of it here. Um, and some kind of you know uh, fun stuff, but it was it was two and a half. It was shot two days in the apartment, and then half a day for the another day for Stevie. I had to do pickups with Stevie because he had COVID. So when he was clear with COVID, I went and shot with him, which was quite bizarre because we're talking about COVID in the scenes, and he's had bloody COVID. And um, so, and then I went to a, a cheap hotel for five days just so I could focus on the edit, you know, because um, my little. You know, son was at home, so yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, it went like a, a, a kind of whirlwind real fast, but it was still a good. Ex- it was a good experience, kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, you brought up <coughs> two things. I was going to say real quick. One, uh, man, you are you are killing it on the sound. Uh, uh, hearing a little bit, it may bore people later on, but maybe in the second half of this, if you want to talk a little bit about that, I. I I mean, you really are nailing the sound with as fast as you're moving. I, th- I thought that was really brilliant. What um, on the the sound widget and in, in the sound overall? Like you know, uh, all the talking was crystal clear. It was. Oh, all... See, I, see, I was. See, the thing is, you know yourself. If you see your see you're editing something right, whether it's visual sound or whatever, you can get to a point where you can get blind with it. You know, oh, yeah. I was worried up to the very last minute about the sound. In the past, the sound used to be bad because the mic was wasn't close enough. This time, I was worried because the levels were too high or too low or too. Actually, yeah, yeah. says probably about twenty minutes before I released it. Released it on YouTube. I sent it to Craig Campbell and asked, "I can't hear this anymore. Does yeah. the sound sound crap?" I sent it to Stevie. I can't hear this. Is yeah. it too loud? Is it too? Um, and then Stevie says, "I can hear it fine." Craig says, "I can yeah. hear it fine." I just couldn't hear it anymore. Do you know that way you can get blamed with something? Oh no, yeah. uh, I get that you way know. on editing. You know, to where you you work so hard on a scene, and then I'll uh, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, look at it, and go, "What in the living hell was I even like? What, yeah. what is this?" You know, yeah. it's just, uh, you get into the minutia. Because no, to I me, was, was yeah, great. to me, at some point the sound levels were too loud, and then I brought them down. And the thing is, when I'm releasing it, because one of the actors on it, Craig, has got quite a big social media audience. So I know when I put it out there, this one copy, it's going to start rolling because it's yeah. 50,000 views in three days, which is insane. So yeah, I don't yeah. I don't get another shot at it. Yeah. <laughs> so when it's released, that is it. So I've got to be happy at the last minute. Wait, okay, it is what it is. Let's go. Yeah. But the sound, as you know, it is everything. And, um, and if you can't hear the actors and if you can't hear... so. Yeah, I mean, we use a shotgun on it, and we we also use little those little road mics. Yeah, and we are both, but the key is to get the sound as close as possible. You know what I mean? Uh, Queen Damage um, Queen says, David, what made you decide to change Crime Lord from a movie to a series? Isn't that much more work for you guys? Uh, Crime Lord was never a, it never was a feature. It never was as a movie. It was always as an episode. Um, I always made it as a little episode. I actually only made it as a scene for me and Steve, that little 20-minute thing. And then it went into a, a, a kind of concept pilot thing. So it was never really conceived as a feature. It was always like a little series type thing. But And the main reason, the main reason is because if something's got legs that you can see so many areas where this can go, you know, he's a crime-writing criminal. Um, there's so many uh, storylines where if it's a feature... You've got the concept, then you go with the feature. But if you've got a lot more characters that you're thinking about, then that really is a series rather than a 90-minute concept. Do you know what I mean? And serials today are popular more. People are, people are watching movies that are usually blockbusters. They're small independent movies, but I do want to go back to little features as well, you know, yeah. and because you, they can be more visual rather than talky, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I miss doing... That's why I was doing this episode of Crime Lord. I was trying to get it as visual as possible, even though it's just talky. Because I miss that. I miss it's like again when I didn't screen a lot. It was visual, you know, and there wasn't much talking in it, you know, which is more cinematic stuff, as you guys know. Because when you make your crawl stuff, as you know, is a lot cinematic, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, uh, <clears throat> what I was gonna say is when you brought up the edit, for me, a game changer happened. I guess it dropped Monday. Uh, it was very important, and has always been important for me to uh, deal with a camera with a cinematic lens because I like that depth of field 
Uh, but it's always difficult filming that way because, you know, usually you have like three people working on a camera, somebody, somebody pulling focus, somebody doing all that. Well, now Final Cut on the new update has that uh, focus feature to where you can take a flat image and uh, it'll track a face and it can track to another face and you can change that depth of field within the program in seconds. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, Oh, because like, well, shit, I could have just bought a camera that was way cheaper and just put yeah, it on there. Because manually. What, what I didn't like when things went digital was uh, it all looked like oh, 1990s porn films where everything <laughs> was in focus. You know, digitally, everything was flat. <clears throat> and um, well, that's when I'm uh, sorry, on you go. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, no. I've got a point about that. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I shot an episode of Crime Lord on the iPhone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But I didn't want it. I didn't want everything to be in focus, obviously, because you're seeing everything in the background. So I got this fucking. I got this lens from Beast Grip, and it was a, a an adapter that you attach to the iPhone, yeah. and then you put a fifty mil on it, so you get. But it, it was all to me. It was I, I like experiment with things, but it was over engineered, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> this thing you couldn't even if you put it on a a, a rock steady tripod, it still vibrated as if it was on a bloody vibrating fucking... Yeah. Oh, no. It, it was completely used. So I like to be handheld. You couldn't be handheld. It was impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that was this, too, with his camera, because he's in the tunnels and then trying yeah. to focus it and follow the actors of her yeah, 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 like yeah, He yeah. could have just filmed it flat and just been like, everything's in focus, and then well, just added it. That, so. That's what you're talking about. Every, you know, I was talking about the iPhone. I actually shot... I got a few scenes on this Crime Lord episode on the iPhone. Um, I shot some B-roll and I shot several scenes on the iPhone Pro, the new one. And I done it in the cinematic mode, which a lot of people say, you know, the cinematic yeah, mode Craig isn't great. Uh, yeah, yeah, Craig said can't beat the iPhone 13 camera now in cinematic mode. So I died because, well, I shot that scene in the car with Craig. That was shot yeah. in the iPhone. And when I took my, I had the DSLR, I took that in there, but with a fifty mil lens, it's too close. Yep. yep. And then when I when I put the wide lens on it, the wide lens, the, the there was no depth of field in the background much. Yep. You know, yeah. so I was like, okay, let me just try the iPhone. And the iPhone, I could just I got a lot. I could get it anywhere. I could get much more yeah. space. And yep. then when I, I I used cinematic mode, it blurred out the background, and it worked pretty well. Well, so, and, you know, and that technology that Craig and you you both are bringing up. That's what they've now brought in the final cut. You can now yeah. do that with any camera. Um, right. And Which is amazing. Yeah. Not all, yeah, it's amazing. Well, number, thank God also, been waiting for about 10 years, they brought out the tracking to where now, I mean, it, it is it is a thing of beauty that Final Cut has now, their new tracking to where, like, literally, I can, I can put a scar on Nikki's face and it just follows her and it looks absolutely perfect. Like, I did a, somebody on fire, and I was able to track them. What, what used to take me a month to do frame by frame, uh, or like a gun flare. Now you can just track it in seconds, the end of the gun uh, in Final Cut. Uh, and it's only it only came out Monday. I've still been playing with it, but it works beautiful. Like I tracked the end of a gun and put a flare on it, and it took me five seconds. And, it, and it's just spot on perfect. Yeah, and, um, that's so cool. But the real game changer for me was, you know, those cinematic lenses – uh expensive yeah i was paying yeah. nine nine to ten thousand dollars for one 15 millimeter and that's not even the cine grade ones mine is just the independent 50 to get that depth of field but now knowing and seeing how fast and easy and how good that cinematic mode is to transfer it over to final cut 10 you think you'll do oh you probably can't do reshoots on the iphone because we don't have it's not 4K, no no right? I, I i can't do reshoots right now because the one thing uh that panasonic and canon they all do have a different you know i've, I've shot the whole movie with that s1h but after that Con, this movie Con, shot, i'll, yeah, I'll Con, build a camera and i will definitely <laughs> get a digital camera which is yeah. much cheaper and even though it'll give me a flat, and you could get it will like, give me the option in post. And you could get a, a different lenses. like No, you don't have to get different lenses. I'm, I'm saying get a digital camera. Oh, okay. That is like $9,000 that literally is in 6K. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be flat until you brought it in the post, put it in the cinematic mode, and then you play with the depth of field on that. Right. And it doesn't look engineered. That, that was the thing. You could do it manually in post, but it looked like you were doing it. Um, 
Queen Damage Queen asks, how heavy is Tank's mohawk? It's not heavy. It's definitely much bigger. Well, it's heavy movie. as her ass. Hey, now! <laughs> I don't hear you complaining! <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, this is what David. Told me. I, <laughs> yeah, okay. Leave <laughs> me out of that. <laughs> um, it's not heavy. It's definitely much bigger in this movie than it was the last one. What are but we talking about? My oh, hair. When it gets bleached, it kind of kills it. So it's pretty light, actually. <laughs> my butt's bigger in this too. Okay, I didn't exactly diet enough before the shoot. Oh man, I'm okay with it. Cinematic. <laughs> returning to horror with a short script of the role created for Nicole. Oh, wow. Thanks, Dexter. That's awesome. That is awesome. But yeah, Oak was showing me that program that came out and, you know, I don't much pay attention to that stuff because I don't, I'm not an editor, but it was pretty cool. Even like yeah. titles can track a person really easily yeah. now. Yeah. So, and uh, through, the, through ha the first half of filming, I actually had a fake front tooth because I had a surgery thing that was happening. So, I'm hoping now he'll put in a little white Wait. square that looks like a real tooth for no, me. <laughs> black that tooth out now. Uh, <laughs> no. so, yeah, when I was shooting the iPhone as well, um, because I, I was shooting, you know, 14-hour days, I let the cast go and everybody go at the end of the night, like 12 at night, and I still had some scenes to shoot just with me where my character was sitting, say, typing and stuff. Now, yeah. Normally, if I put the camera up, the focus would go on in it because I'm, you know, you've got a camera person. Well, I didn't have a fucking camera person, so I stuck the iPhone on a tripod, and sometimes it was out of focus. But again, because I can, I can change the focus points in post. Yep. Yeah. So it didn't matter if it was out of focus. I can yeah. fix it, which is insane. You know. It, it, it is. It, it, you know, it's that thing that, you know, it's funny because after Crawler Die came out, which you know that's, that was a learning experience. In spent two years after it came out promoting it almost putting in more work than we did on the whole uh making of the movie um and so then i took like a year and a half off and i came back and shot this and when i opened up final cut i you know i was five versions behind uh, and it's amazing how fast technology is moving because i had to spend four weeks relearning all the new stuff uh and and learning that some of the stuff that I did even on the first movie I don't need to do on this movie you know it, mm. it's just built mm. into the program which uh, you know it's that it always makes me think of two things one how fast even when I made my first movie isolation on using the Sony F900 which that camera was bigger than an iMac and it took four people to carry around into now you can do something with the iPhone. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Well, um, yeah, no, but my first movie had my first movie. It was a camera crew, and there was six people, five, six people on the camera. Yeah. Everywhere the camera went, those people had to go and the focus puller and the assistant camera and the clapper loader and the, and the whole today. And you know the look, sixteen super sixteen millimeter. It was the look. We can recreate that yeah. today. We almost, I mean, I know. You know. So you know. I know. We have two Craigs battling in the chat right now. <laughs> I can I can I can see I can see them. I can't see what's because I'm on the phone here. In fact. So Craig, I actually because I had the, the fake tooth, Oak convinced me to do to use that in the movie. And there is two scenes that where's one scene where it gets knocked out and I have it out, and then there's another scene where it's out for the whole scene. Uh so we did end up using that to our advantage, but it's but, embarrassing. You know, <laughs> oh I, I, I might have froze. So you send uh, send some love to Craig anyway. He's been asking for some love because he's got COVID and he's in a room somewhere on his own. At oh home. no, which Craig, Campbell or Cleveland? Craig, Craig Campbell. He's got COVID. Oh man, so. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I'll, sucks. Uh, I'll be right back because I was gonna remind me to bring up uh, something. Hold on. Okay. I, I <clears throat> So that's um, the whole bloody cast of almost that. Like Stevie said it. Craig said that. Thomas said that well months ago. 
I'm the only yeah. person that's no had it, you know. So we'll all be wearing Watch fucking gas. Ga- <laughs> no, we'll all be wearing gas masks for the next shoot, you know. Exactly. So, so when that be- happens, you guys they just quarantine, I guess. Go yeah, isolate for ten days. Yeah. So uh, I think Craig's at home in a room and it's somewhere away, you know. So he said he's getting no sympathy at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some That's people- why he's been good online trying to get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some people get it worse than others, for sure. I'm pretty sure that. Um, I got it last year, like when it all first started happening, and it, it basically just felt like a flu. You know, yeah. I, I think um, if you've main... had your if you've had your vaccines, I think Craig said two vaccines. I've had two vaccines. Then, then it, it's less dangerous. You know, if you've not been vaccinated, it's more dangerous. You know. Yeah, I didn't have it when I got it. <clears> like right when it first came about, I guess. Right. But I've right. had them since, but I guess I yeah I'm, like, double prepared now. But um, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't that bad for me, but I know that some people, they get it and it's like real oh, bad. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's, so it's still there. I did lose like all taste. I couldn't right. taste any food or anything, but yeah. Just right. like a bad dose of the flu. Yeah, that's kind of what it was for me also. But yeah, that's been crazy trying to navigate doing a film during all that. All that time, just trying to be safe. And I know we just had like a lot of. Because you have got a big cast there doing that, so yeah, you must have I mean, to stop, stop and start, you know, as well. And did you definitely when when we got it, we you know quarantined, didn't film for the two weeks, but um, yeah, I don't know, I don't think too many people on our cast ended up getting it at all. So we we lucky, right. we were lucky there. There you go. <laughs> well, the the other thing I was going to bring up on that was the funny part about it is it also reminds me though. That at the end of the day, with all this technology, it still doesn't matter in one sense. Like it's still it's still the same process. Still just go in there. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, you turn it on, <coughs> sound on, and, and you point and shoot. Um, Damage Queen says, David, is there going to be any other movies featuring Nicole? <laughs> um, well that's up to Nicole and um yeah, I'd love to. You know, Are you but shooting- obviously Anytime, David. <laughs> um, I think I, I am, you know, obviously you're busy on that. So maybe maybe next year or the following year onwards, you know, uh, we've got quite a bit of distance between us, you know, so that's about it. <laughs> yeah, you know. it's difficult because uh, the, you know, the, yeah, the distance. But... but definitely, I'd love to, you know, at some point. But once your project there is over and whatever else you're doing, you know what I mean? Or, you know, a quick, you know, a quick shoot, you know, because that's. Yeah. Something that maybe a week's shoot or something. Dude, I'll, you know? I'll come there. I've always wanted to you know. visit there anyway, so I'll get a passport. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely, you know, um, again, when you when you've worked with people that you know you got on well with, that's that's a that's a big attractive draw, hugely, you know. So and then you can write for them, you know. Um, as Oakle know, you can write, you think about the people that you can write for. So that's always, you know. Um, well, I have a question. <clears throat> when you're uh because I have felt this, like we have, we still have uh, shooting to do between Nicole and I, and and uh, we have props that have to be built, and 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 Nicole and I end up laughing all the time. We're, we always are the ones that end up down there having to do it. Everybody else just leaves, you know, and they go do their thing, and you're like, well, if we want to get it done, we're going to have to do it. Uh, so I always think about this when you're doing it. I mean, that's basically just you, isn't it? I mean, do you get the actors to help? set things up and everything um no i produced it you know what i've produced the thing when you know i get the locations i get the props i get everything um and no i do the posters no i do the posters i'm not gonna you know you can be fucking modest but i do the websites i do the poster i produce it write it director um you know the actors are doing their job when they're there if i can get if i can get them to do their fucking job say the part then uh don't get me wrong you know because i've got such a small crew almost you know this shoot was probably <laughs> the biggest crew like two or three people it's normally like with no crew oh, really? yeah um which was craig cleland and uh stefana and thomas McHugh, who's on here um then you know, even helping to move around the lights when we're shooting, do you know what I mean? Oh, Stuff like nice. that, but not actually to build in, no, because it, um, and but, but these things are so fast, they're so it's not like I'm building a set and I'm doing things, if you know what I mean. I'm moving into apartments and back out, so yeah, 
um, and I'm using locations that I've got in cars or in the city. So it's kind of, I'm not really building anything, do you know what I mean? When you guys use a built a studio and set and everything else, it takes, yeah. um, I'm pretty, it's already much there. And I write in the story, like when I got that apartment, I used that in the story, like the character, I'd sure, Airbnb, sure. you know, so. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, who's doing the drone footage? Is that all you? That's me. Does it? Do you I, own one or do you rent one? No, I bought the drone, um, which is a DJI um, Mini Two, which is a small yeah, yeah. drone. Um, and so I had two days shooting in the apartment. I had I had a day, half a day with Stevie, and then another half a day I got the drone footage for during the day. And I went out in the evening. And I get the drone footage for the evening. But the evening drone footage was like I put up the drone like nine minutes, and that's that. A few shots, bag down in the bag. The minute you the minute you get out of the sky, it's so fast. The minute you take it out of the bag, get out of the sky, get the shots, it's about eight minutes that it's back in the bag, you know. So it's pretty yeah. efficient, you know. So I mean it looks more dramatic and it looks more production value wise, but it, it's speedy, you know. But again, also, years ago, your, you know, your music. Where do you do you does somebody make music or where do you get your music? The music I actually get from uh, uh story blocks. Um um, I'm subscribed to Storyblocks, which you can get video content or you can get music. But on this episode, um, which was quite interesting, I, there's a scene in it where um, Craig is dancing with... Um, yeah, by the way, Craig has got some moves, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you'll be happy with amazing. that. Yeah. It's amazing. I was like, wait a minute, they're really partying there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the wrestling was quite hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you had, you had a lot of fun with that, you know. Um, but it's that that the track that they were dancing to. You remember the first part of the track where they were fighting? Yeah. But the, the second part where they were dancing, there was a track. I couldn't find something um, that was working, so I went into story blocks and I found a, a, a backing sort of bad music. But then I found another track that said "Bad Boys," sort of "Bad Boys." And yeah. it was like a rap thing. So what I did was I took the bottom layer track and I took the top track and I mixed them together and oh, bang. Yeah, I um, like that. So that was, that was my first mixing thing that I've ever done. Mate. I just stuck <laughs> the two tracks together. So like, <laughs> <laughs> You're a musician now, just like that. So it actually worked. Um, I think it worked well, you know. Yeah, I thought um, so too. And I'd done that at one in the morning after searching for pieces of music. Um, I think the actress had a piece of music as well, which was the first one. She used a little backing thing. They just the rhythm wasn't working for that. It needed sort of a, a rhythm to it um, with him dancing. But as soon as I'd done that, it just kicked in, you know, so okay. I thought it worked well. You know, <laughs> DJ David, yeah. well, that's another, I mean, if this doesn't work out, I might go into that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, hey, I mean, look at uh, Carpenter. He did that whole theme by himself. Robert Rodriguez. Is, well, this is the thing. This is what I was going to ask you guys as well, because I always see, I've watched this. Have you have you watched that Netflix series? Because the, yes. the movies it made us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great, isn't it? Um, he says that sounds uh, like a lot of work, David. Awesome job. You know, thanks a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah. So as you were saying, Carpenter and Robert Rodriguez do their own music, and Tarantino actually never liked working with composers. That's why he always had tracks apart yeah, yeah. from when he done that western. Um, I've always found that I've had tons of composers coming towards me with oh, me music, but I can never really get in that zone with them because they don't yeah. seem to realize that it takes too much time and you need money you need oh. to be together it's too much work you need you know to be, what i mean yeah, yeah. see uh, you know it's funny you bring that up yeah i we get a ton of composers and then we get a ton of people who make <laughs> music and they they, they <laughs> send us a song and and you want to go okay yeah but you besides tarantino who's brilliant at just putting a song in yeah, and he he writes to the songs. He writes to, to the songs, but he can go, afford to get those no tracks. Movie. You, you yeah. can't be a band and go, "Here's the song." You've got to, <clears> you know, you've got to distort the song uh, and and take yeah. parts of it to make it fit the movie. And, exactly. and composer, most of the composers that reach out to us also don't get that, or they just want you to give it to them. Yeah, and you're like, and that's not happening. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you're going to want to be sitting right there and yeah, go, yeah, no, yeah, I don't, no. I don't. What's this trumpet doing in here? I don't. I, don't I, I know. I know. 
And so you've got to spend enough few months sitting with a composer. And yeah. do you know, I've just found it much easier to go to Storyblocks and I found tons of great music and I can shorten it, I can clip it. If I had a budget again, working a multi-million dollar movie, then I'd say, right, what great composers out there do we need? Or like Tarantino, we can afford to buy some cool tracks because they're expensive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I've, I've always, that's why I was wondering with you guys, I've always found that like I get more offers for music and composers than I can ever deal with. Oh. That just, it just doesn't yeah, work at this point. Or anything else. We yeah, absolutely. Offers, but since I kind of do the music, I'm able to just be like, no, I'm doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, one of the reasons that I think Oak likes it that I do it is I don't care. I'm not trying to put out and be Lady Gaga. So I'm just like, I just like music. Yeah, but I don't yeah. care. I'm like, whatever, chop it up, use one guitar track. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so it's just easier. And plus, as far as like legalities of like, do you want percentage? I'm like, no, you just take the song. Yeah, so it yeah, just yeah. Out the yeah, yeah. Well, it's also, uh, uh, and I, I have found this working on just the level that I'm working. <laughs> it seems that uh, you know, there's, there's this. Uh, I'm taking out the Brad Pitts and everything. There's that middle ground of character actors that work that are humble and they're happy to be there. To me, it's it's the ones that are just starting out. Uh, the same thing with musicians, same thing with actors and all that. They're mm -hmm. the ones that have a huge chip on their shoulders. And they're the ones that, for instance, I'm bringing this up because Moretta's here. Uh, Moretta, I, I loved working with because she was able to write something for me. And I told her right up front. I'm going to take what you give me. I'm going to rip it apart. I'm going to slow it down. Yeah. I'm only going to use yeah, sections yeah. of it. And she, she was like, fine, I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, and she actually went out of her way to try and help get what, like. And by the way, she did this in like, I think 10 hours. We gave her notice and she like got it and made it in like 10 hours. <laughs> and, then, and then it's the kind of drive that you, 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 you die for when you meet a creative person that has this amount of drive. They they got me what I needed, and then they she couldn't stand it, and she she made a whole nother song. She stayed up another six hours <laughs> and sent me something. I felt bad because she went on a different way, and I I couldn't use it. And she was like, okay, but I at least wanted to try and get it out there to you to see. Versus what I find a lot with composers <clears throat> and songwriters, bands, and sometimes actors that haven't been in much uh they're more difficult to work with than anybody else oh yeah 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 you know yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, i and, got a lot of arrogant composers that they get pissed off because you don't want to use them it's like why are you getting pissed off because i don't want to use you that's the wrong <laughs> i mean what, what, and, and what does that mean <laughs> I, well, first of all i always say the same thing because I, sometimes i get confused and i don't mean this to be a snarky ass i go did yeah. i did i call it like <laughs> I, I mean, I had this one composer literally have a meltdown. Like, yeah, it, it's, hey, it's usually composers that I've had the worst oh, experience hey. in the past. That I mean, it's that, one of the greatest stories ever because the way my brain works, because I can never remember anybody's name. This co this composer must have sent me some stuff, and you know, you know how it is when you're editing. My God, I you know I've twenty emails. I don't even answer half of them because I just don't open them. And and there was this person that was like we need to get on Skype back then it was Skype and I, and I got on <laughs> because I thought, well, I must've had a meeting set up with this person yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this person did was start yelling at me for not wanting to work with them. And I literally, hey, I've been there, man. It's weird. It's weird. I've been there with that as well. It's I, weird. I kept, it is before, weird. before my, before my Midwest Oki kicked in, I was like, did I, did I reach out to this person and ask and they, because they are ripping me and all of a sudden I went, and so I just asked them, did I reach out to you? <laughs> and they were like, well, no. And that's when I went, well, I just went click. Like what, what the hell am I doing talking to you? Moretta like, says what? when you love doing it, that's all that matters. If you don't use it, I don't love it any less. That's yeah. why you're good, Moretta. Yeah. It's, uh, I even brought <laughs> Moretta you up to David, uh, Moretta is the type oh, of always dream person uh, that literally I took what she did, ripped it apart. Uh, she had some stuff in the song I didn't like, and I didn't even feel bad going, yeah, I don't like that. Get that out of there. And she took it out uh, versus, man, you can never do that to a band or composer. Like, they just, no, 
I know. Well, the favourite one you say to me was is that you, you, you've got to remember that your movie is only 50% without the music. Yeah, I know that, but it doesn't need to be your music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, Damage Queen says, when is Crawler Die 2 supposed to come out? Uh, well, I'm not in charge of that. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I will have it, uh, by January in the hands of distributors to start bidding on it. And then whoever buys it, it'll be up to them. You know, uh, they might want to put it out in the summer. They might have a whole year before they put it out. Uh, and then we learned on the first movie when we sold it to a distributor, they made us wait four months, and then they put it out in Japan first before they put it out in the U.S., and then they put it out in Switzerland, and then they put it out in the U.S., and then, you know, other terrorist tourists. Are, so I'm not in control of that. All, all I'm in control of is uh, the distributors will uh, be able to start putting bids on it uh, by January. Uh, you know, unless something ha like a tornado blows us or if I have a heart attack or something like that. Oh, you'll still save the movie hard drives before you'll even save me. So I think you'll still get it. Which, yeah, is, uh, which is totally possible. Being a filmmaker, you could have a heart attack. You could have a tornado because you're in fucking Oklahoma. So that's totally possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had uh, we had one uh, that came within uh, 15 miles of us a couple weeks ago. And, and she's right. The first thing I said, she was running around trying to find the animals. I unplugged all the hard drives and had them down in the car. <laughs> then like I remembered. Kicking I was like, the cat to the side. Like, well, no, then I the remember cats. my parents. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go get my parents. So as a, yeah, I'm looking forward to your trailer because you always do good trailers. When's the, is it Halloween that's coming out? Yeah. No, uh, now, I keep reminding people this is, right. a, this is a, a teaser trailer, and then right. uh, I'm going to put out one more teaser trailer, and then I will get hold of all <clears> the horror <throat> sites and give them exclusives on the first official trailer, which I'm hoping to have uh, either late December before Christmas or in the beginning of uh, January. Uh, you know, it'll just depend on which route I'm going to take to get it to the distributors. There's a couple of uh, film festivals that have started up that are exclusive for uh, web series to where they, uh, they take the first two episodes uh, and I qualify because each one is over an hour long. So I would qualify for those. Uh, but I've also had a few, not a lot, but a few distributors already reach out. So, you know, that's one of those things that I'm, I am, is a calculating risk on uh, do I let – because, you know, you said this earlier, David. Uh, you were like, when I get this done and put it out there, that's it. That's the shot. It's yeah, out yeah, there. And yeah. it's out there. You can't take it back, and, yeah. And I know that the minute I make it available to one distributor, it's out there. It, 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 it's just all yeah. there is. Now, distribute – they're not going to put it out in the world, but they share it amongst themselves. They, they will send it. They'll they'll try to figure out if this company wants to buy it and who they're going to be bidding against. Uh, but I also know that once you take it to a film festival, I mean, look what Quentin Tarantino went through. The minute you submit it to a film festival, it's going to be out there too in some way. I mean, it just is. So it's just uh, figuring that out uh, which way, which which direction I'm going to take. But uh, I I I don't see how it could not be out next year. Uh, but um, again. We learned on uh, Crawl or Die, we were all excited. We made a rookie mistake when we sold it to the distributor. We thought, well, it's going to be out this month. And when they told us they weren't going to put it out for five months, okay, all yeah. right, you know, what are you going to do? Well, that, was, that was my first movie. I raced to finish the movie, right? I was in America, made the movie, and said, you have to finish it fast. We have to go to Cannes Film Festival. So it was finished in uh, – we're in America. We finished it in February. We were at Cannes Film Festival screening it in May the same year, right? So then it was screened, right? And then they put it on hold for a fucking year. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't yeah. released to the following year. So I'm racing to get it finished and it's not as good as it could be. They race me and then exactly. it's sitting on a fucking shelf for a year. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, been, so you could have just know. taken more time. And they yeah. Did yeah. Us. In fact, yeah. you know, I, I say this a lot, but, mm -hmm. but actually I'm really proud of this. You know, the first version of my movie, you never saw the monster. And then when the distributor yeah. caught it, 
they were taking it to cons, which is a funny story. I, I'm going to share it because we're on here talking and nobody else but you will find this hilarious. But anyway, they wanted to take it to the cons film festival too. And seven days before they left, they said, we want the monster in the movie. And if you don't put the monster in the movie, we're going to shelve it. And I went, what? How? What? That's what? classic. So, and, I, and so you, know. you know, we had to film. I got Matt Crabtree down here and Troy. And, and we literally filmed and inserted it in the movie in six or seven days. And they took it to the festival. Now, here's the irony. I was all I was running around here, David. Screaming, my movie's at the Cons Film Festival. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I even I even made up an ad and I sent it to all the horror magazines and I rented a page in the Tulsa World at the Cons Film Festival and I found out there's the Cons Film Festival. Yeah. And then down in the basement is yeah. the, another Cons Festival. It's all the beat. It's all the beat. It's, it's not the, the festival. It's the film market. It, it, yeah. They buy and sell movies like carrots and apples, you know. Yeah, and you yeah, see exactly. all the, you, see, you see all these movies with karate kicking dogs in the posters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> down the street you've got the porn movies as well. You've got oh, the porn yeah. festival, you know. Dude, so, uh, excellent. We saw the poster because I was begging them, send me the poster. I want I want a poster of and it was like, the and it was like it was a poster with like twenty movies on it. Yeah. All it was like McDonald's for movie buyers. Like, here you go. Yeah. You want a number four? And I think yeah. the fourth Put movie it. underneath us was like the toilet bowl killers. <laughs> and it was yeah. like this monster that popped up out of toilets. And I was yeah. like, no, it was like it was like a gas station bathroom or something. Like, I remember yeah. that now. <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the posters. And yeah. the thing that the thing you wouldn't believe was is that you see some posters, right? And you see a name on them. And sometimes you see like Robert De Niro and you go. Yeah. Oh, so they do really bad movies behind the scenes. And they get a million oh. dollars for a day, and yeah. nobody fucking sees them. They know, and they know that nobody will see them. They're in it for like two minutes. They're in it for two minutes, and these really bad movies, and they only yep. see the good movies. But the thing is, when I was there, you more or less um, a distributor told me, "Look, you can get any movie made if you've got a poster, you know, and it's a genre movie." So I remember we did it for a laugh. I come up with an idea for a poster for a movie. He says, "Go and pitch it to that guy there." And I pitched it to a distributor, and he says, "Okay, you got half the money. We'll get you two hundred fifty thousand if you can come up with that half of the money." Yeah, it was just a fucking poster idea, on it, and it was. Like, I just did it for a joke, but that's what you can do there. If yeah, you, yeah. you can, you can. They they actually buy movies based on the poster, and they've never even seen the fucking movie. Oh yeah, our distributor I mean? never watched our movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never did. Never watched it. Never he didn't know who Tank was. Nothing. <laughs> something and i said you know because again they were like you have days to put the monster and i was like i was like well look tank doesn't reach and they were like tank who's tank and i was like the yeah. girl on the poster i was like yeah. what? <laughs> uh uh oh are there any stipulation to this maybe submit um yeah there is that's a whole world for instance, there's certain film festivals that if your movie was in another film festival, they won't allow you. They only want premieres. So, like um, the, any of the larger festivals, usually they like yeah want premiere. But but also no no that again that we almost made that mistake in that if you're in a bunch of smaller film festivals, then the larger ones won't take you. That's what I mean. The, yeah, they, exactly. the larger ones want your world premiere. They don't want you to have exactly. shown anywhere. So it, you know, we learned that there's a whole world that you can spend a year and get lost in, but you have to know what you want to do, uh, because the way you're supposed to do it is, unless you don't care about. I'm talking about your sun dances and uh, your after darks and all that. Um, you cannot. You don't even need to submit to them. If you're going to go to a smaller film festival, you're supposed to do it in reverse. You start off with the big ones. And once you get declined from them, <laughs> then you go down because you can't do it in reverse. Once you get that lovely letter that they send you. Right. If you accidentally get into a film festival and you go, oh, well, Sundance doesn't even judge for eight months, but the Tulsa has one. If you go into that Tulsa, <laughs> one, Sundance cannot take you. So and that's where, again, it's a it's a learning process because you you're dealing a year out always 
So again, if you're going to go to the film festival route on something, you have to know what, what your end goal is. Uh, we, on my very first movie, wanted the big film festivals. So we had to work a year in advance. And then once you get declined, that year is gone. Then you have to submit again to the mid-levels. And then you have to submit down below. And we ended up spending almost $6,000 just on film festival fees. Because you don't get those festival fees back. Plus, and they all want it on a different content. I mean, they're a business. They're in it to make money, too. There used to be like 50 film festivals years ago. And there was like 5,000 mm-hmm. oh, yeah. from the fucking Caracas Film Festival in the middle of fucking not to... Do you know what I mean? And you've got to know why you're doing it. Because, you know, a lot of people are doing it because they they want to win awards and stuff. But I've known so many people that have won film festivals. Um, oh. And they have... There, it doesn't take them anywhere. When I was in um, in Tulsa making screen, right, one of the big festivals um, here. It's not a festival; it's um, it's an award. You know the Baftas. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. Well, they, they get the Baftas Scotland, right? And they every year they've got the they, they give out awards in Baftas Scotland for movies that are made in Scotland and TV things. And there's no many movies made, right? So when I was in Tulsa shooting screen, I got a call, and it was a and they said it was Baftas Bafta Scotland, and it was like all right, uh, yeah, we'd like to um, uh, for you to submit your movie. I think it was Mission X at the time. We'd like you submit your movie to Bafta Scotland, um, and you get you get in Bafta Scotland. Now, if people hear this, Bafta Scotland, everybody wants in Bafta Scotland. Everybody wants up for an award, and I told them to fuck off when I was in Tulsa because I says you've not even seen my movie, and you're desperate to get the movie to yeah. put it forward. That means that you've not got enough movies this year, so you don't yeah. even give a fuck about my movie. It's no. It doesn't even qualify. It's like festivals. I get festivals. People send me emails. Yep. Do you want to submit for this crime festival? There's a good chance that you get an award. They just want the fucking money. Do you yep. know what I mean? No, so that's that's the reality. A lot of these places. So you've got and, to know why you do it. You know. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it all goes <coughs> back to that. I keep preaching it. I know people get tired of me saying it, but it's like you have to know what your real want and destination is. Like you have to have a really come to Jesus moment with yourself and go, do I really want to try to get this in a movie theater? Or do I really want to try to get a worldwide distribution deal? Or do I just want to get a deal to get it out in the world? Or do I want to really do it DIY? And uh, like, uh, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but there's a director that we're very good friends with that turned down five or six large studio distribution deals to do it completely DIY. And I know that he is working his ass off right now. And, uh, you know, I'll be interested to talk to him in three or four months to see what he thinks. I mean, it's, um, but, you know, it's... uh, And it's a a very different world from even from 10 years ago because everything has gone streaming now. You know, even, even, even there was threat of the Bond movie might have streamed never mind small movies, you know. It's a completely different world. So it's almost like, I think it's still, people have still got in their head, what's the road that I can take that it's going to explode for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I get to this festival. It's, like, it's not the 90s when Kevin Smith was at the festival and Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and they right. got discovered by Harvey Weinstein. Those days are over. It's a different world. I think today is if you make stuff and you, you don't even need to go to a festival because if you've done some work, you can get a Zoom call with some fucking executives or some producers that you can find online. Make a Zoom call with them. Here's my work. If they like your work, they set up a Zoom meeting. You don't even have to go to the... I think you got... I don't want to dismiss festivals, but I think if you've got some money to spare and you want to travel around and you want to see how the film world works and meet some distributors, then go to festivals and stuff like that, you know, and see how the business works. You know? Yeah, it's... it's and, and, you know, uh, then it's good for that, you know. And I think what you're talking about is is exactly right. I mean, there are people that want to, and I, I'll use me as an example. There's a part of me that wants to make that festival type movie, and I know what mm-hmm. type of movie that has to be. Yeah, yeah, so they are. Yeah, and I go, yeah. I, I go. Do I think I'm I'm going to make money on that? No. Do I mm-hmm. think I could win some awards? Yeah, probably. You know, on mm-hmm. on on one of the tier level film festivals. I'm not saying Sundance, but you know, one of them. Would that be fun? Sure. And then I go, are there certain movies that I go, I know what I could sell to make some money on? Sure. We all know what type of movie that could be really, really fast, you know? Sharknado. Mm. Fucking Sharknado. Breaks my Bless heart. It. Bruce Willis 
is just basically <clears throat> straight to. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, and, and it breaks my heart because I love him, but I go, <laughs> I, what? He made a million dollars and he worked six days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, I watched him when I was in the gym, right? When I was in the gym on the treadmill, I watched some of those shitty movies with Bruce Willis and some of those shitty movies with Robert De Niro where I was writing my big bounty hunter script, right? And the yeah. reason I watched them, I went, if this fucking shit can get made and if these stars can be in this shit, I know I can get a deal with this. I, like, what you do as well, you cast maybe an older actor, like a 70-year-old actor like De Niro or Morgan Freeman for three days. Yep. So you get them in a good, interesting role. In fact, it doesn't even need to be a fucking interesting role. They're getting, you know what I mean? You just need to turn up, <laughs> you know. So yep. that can be done, you know. But I would say, but first, the one good thing that I think filmmakers could experience if they did go to a festival like the Cannes Film Festival, right? They've got so much of this glamour and the the, yeah, yeah. the the art the art movies and the best independent movies. But beneath that is all these beam. It lets it lets you see how the business works. Because it lets you see what a business it is. It's a business, you know. Yes. And when you see these posters that are genre, the hardcore genre, that's why they asked you, could you build a monster fast? Because they know when they're trying to sell it to markets like Japan and that, they need a monster on the poster. They need a monster. You're you absolutely know. right. Well, you know. they even told me that. And, and it's, like, it's like the old Ed Wood when he goes into the office. Can you get me fucking, you know, because I'm with Glenda Glenda. Can you get me this? this? is a fucking poster. We've already sold it to Oklahoma. We've sold it. You know what I mean? You know, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. No, yeah. because they had already made the poster. And yeah. in the poster, they had like a monster in the background. And I, I remember that's when I flipped out because I saw the, their idea for a monster. And I was like, you know what? I'll burn this movie myself. That That's not going out with my name. And they were like, well, then you have six days to make it. And, you know, uh, but again, well, I would say the other good thing about a festival, because we went to one or two, is one of the reasons that I like some of the uh, conventions also is you meet other filmmakers. It's, it's a chance to meet other people doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe one out of a hundred you can become friends with. And uh, it's always nice to know you're not the only one sitting around going, all right, what do I do with this? <laughs> what, what, you know, wh where do I go? It, it used to be more like that years ago when the internet wasn't as connected though. I mean, True. you know, um, today we can see that online because, and the reason that I'm not trying to put a dampener on festivals, but it is bloody expensive. If you're going to go to these places, oh, you know, it costs you thousands, and that's just the go. You know that's, what I mean? It, you, know. you have to, you have to pay for everything. Not only do you have to pay for, <clears> your, you got to pay for your lodging, you got to pay for your food. They expect yeah. you there to promote it. Uh, that's the other thing about festivals that we learned is that look, they don't, they don't, they don't do anything to get people in the theater to watch your movie. No, because you could. When we were talking to Peter, he had four of his clients in festivals. And they were the only ones sitting in their screening. And the festival goes, hey, it's up to you guys to get people to come to the screening. You know, mm. we, we've got, we, we put it on the projector. You know, I think I a misconception <clears throat> is they think, oh, I'm in this film festival, and that means that mm. the audience is going to be packed, and I'm going to get a deal. And it's like, no, you're not going to get a deal. And you might be the only one sitting there yeah. unless you're outside pulling people in. Yeah. If anything, you're in the crowd, uh, there's other filmmakers I think the way that it should be done, like when you make your first movie, is almost like if you watch the documentary about Halloween, nobody wanted yeah. Halloween. So he put it into the colleges and the theatres himself. Today, look, if you build your own fan base and then you say, right, and you get thousands of people or even hundreds and you take them to a theatre and say, we're going to be there. Um, if you've got a certain amount of people in one area, that yeah. theatre is going to be packed and it's going to yeah. look, and when you take social media there where you're in the fucking place is packed, it's going to look as if you're really fucking successful and yeah. you're going to another theatre. So if you really build an audience that way and you want to do some event stuff like that, but you've always, you've always, you've got the people already there, you've got yeah. them ready, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, then it looks a lot better than having a thousand people on social media, but if a thousand people was in a fucking cinema, that looks shit hot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because well, it's, uh, it's hard to even throw a party and have yeah. people show up. <laughs> right. You know, so, uh, so look, uh, it's it's been about an hour. I know we tried yeah. to get to an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to answer, answer that really this, quick, and then yeah, I'll yeah. answer this question of what made you change mm -hmm. the movie title from Crawl Bitch Crawl to Crawl or Die? Uh, the uh, my distributor Redbox would not take the title, and they wanted to put it in Redbox at the time. I don't know if Redbox is still a thing, but back then my distributor. Uh, 
It was not. It was not an acceptable title. I it guess, wasn't an so. acceptable title for Walmart. It was because uh, they wanted to put the DVDs in Walmart and, and Redbox and Redbox, and neither one of those uh, clients would take the title. So uh, even though they will promote Elton John's <laughs> song "The Bitches Back." Uh, they they wouldn't take my movie. Or which Britney ironically, Spears my movie was not a reference to a woman, uh, but nobody wanted to watch the movie and and Find understand that, that. So, um, so anyway, yeah, we had to change the title. That we we had twenty hours to change the title. Yeah. Uh, so we all had to. Sit we went through a bunch up. of titles. Oh my god! It was it, crawl hard. Like we were trying to think of die hard, and it was crawl hard, and it was hard to crawl, and. Oh man, it was everything. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That's always uh, it's always fun. That, that's a that's another thing too is that I think that you know being independent. I love being independent because it gives you the freedom to film it how you want and all that kind of stuff to to an extent. Uh, but then when you sign a distribution deal, if you think that you're not going to be changing your title. Uh, first of all, my, my movie is out in so many different territories called different things. I think it's called Alien Crawl in Japan. I think it's called Girl with Hawk in Switzerland. Um, you're not in control of that. Um, they recut the movie in certain territories. Um, you're not in control of that. They Some changed. of the artwork and posters are yeah. not really... Yeah, yeah I, I, I had no control over my poster in my first movie. I had no control over yeah. the trailer, nothing nothing yep. to do you know you know yeah, and, yeah. I, I mean I, I guess unless you're uh you know steven spielberg but yeah other than that, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it takes a while even ridley there. scott they have like posters that came out in japan for alien that are just yeah oh, by the yeah. way yeah we could leave on this uh we watched that uh i think it's called the movies, movies that, that made us, us on yeah yeah netflix i love that really good i yeah. love the uh the John Carpenter one. I even like the James Cameron one. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. With the British, with the British tea lady coming yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I can see David or you both just staring at people, going, "Oh yeah, we, we're gonna fire a bunch." We need our tea, right our tea break. <laughs> <laughs> That's very British. Stanley Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick had the same problem. If you watch behind the scenes in Full Metal Jacket, he's arguing with the first AD. Fucking tea breaks. They need tea breaks every two hours. I mean, look, look. To be fair, the British crews in those movies were the the guys that made Superman and Star Wars. They're the yeah, best yeah. crews. They're really great crews, but they're very um, traditional. But they're tea breaks and shit like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I respect demanding that. I want a tea and biscuit break every hour. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. No, it's a great series. Great series. It oh, is. It's a great series. All right, yeah. so this has okay. been fun. We'll be back uh, doing it again next week. So yep. we will see you guys. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, uh, Again, uh, visit uh, David. Uh, why don't you go first? Uh, www. Uh, www. www. Crawl. Uh, it's kind of fucking crawl. It's good. Thank yeah, you. it's good. There you go. Um, Crime Lord, Crime Lord series dot com. Um, okay. oh, is, I need is to change my... that by the way in the banner. I think I have your Beacons page. Well, then that's fine. The Beacons page takes to all my social media. That's fine. Okay. Just keep that there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nikki. Uh, yeah. So if you would like to learn about Crawler Die Two, uh, it's CrawlerDieTrilogy dot com. And yeah. So there we go. All right. We will. Thanks for everybody, everybody that tuned in, and uh, thanks week. a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> And then yep. catch you next week. See you later. See you guys later. All right. Bye. See you.